And we are live. Happy New Year to you and yours, as this is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps Post Game Show. As always, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and you know what? With the new year brings new sponsors. This episode of the Wrap It Up podcast is brought to you by Clean Cuts Barbershop. 2013 Danforth Avenue in Toronto. Clean Cuts, the multicultural barbers that will always keep you fresh for any and all occasions. Go see Skip and the crew. And as a wise man once said, tell them that I sent you. Check them out on Instagram at Clean Cuts Toronto or give them a call at 416-917-4833 to book your appointment now. Shouts to Skip for sponsoring the podcast and showing mad love. As we continue to follow the best team in the NBA, which is your Toronto Raptors. Raptors win big in at home, sorry, on New Year's Day, 122-116. Raptors win 122-116 on New Year's Day. Thanks to career high performances from both Pascal, the blow up continues for him. And of course, Kawhi Leonard, get busy. Kawhi Leonard getting busy ahead of a big, big, big game in San Antonio on Thursday, but we'll get to that a little later on. We'll also get to Kyle Lowry because I want to know what people think about the Kyle Lowry injury and the Kyle Lowry injury news, which to me is like sliding under the radar and nobody's like, I feel like it was mentioned, it was brought up, but I don't feel like it was brought up with the... uh, I don't know. I just think it's a really big deal what's going on with Kyle Lowry right now. And I don't think enough is being made of Kyle Lowry's injury situation, right? He missed, what, his eighth game or eight out of the last nine games Kyle Lowry's been out for. And, you know, when word gets out that, let's see, there's an official uh, press release from the Raptors and it says, I'm reading this. Toronto Raptors guard Kyle Lowry visited Dr. Patrick O'Leary at the hospital for special surgery in New York. He received pain-relieving and anti-inflammatory injections for his lower back soreness. Lowry's condition continues to improve. There's no timetable for his return. That sounds serious to me. (laughs) Am Am I wrong? We'll dive into that a little later on too, but I just wanted to get that out there and get people's thoughts. Hit me up, whether you're on Twitter, at shell alexander where this podcast is live after each and every toronto raptors game or we also take your comments and questions in instagram or on instagram i guess i should say at sheldon alexander but again lots to talk about but let's talk about the game first off as mentioned raptors improved to what 28 and 11 as they win 122 to 116 over the utah jazz and the way that this game went i want to say you know Obviously, great performance from Pascal. Great performance by Kawhi. Kawhi is just an animal, right? And and I knew Kawhi Leonard was really, really good. But when you watch him night in, night out, and you just see that he's able to just get buckets and he can't get he can't be stopped. And his game just looks so effortless. The way that he was getting to the cup, the way that, you know, his handle doesn't look crazy but it's deceptive. It's a hesitation dribble, right? It's very fundamental, but it gets the job done and then some. You're talking about a guy going for a career high 45 points. Career high, 45 points on 16 of 14, sorry, 16 of 24 shooting. I guess 16 of 14 shooting would be really good, huh? (laughs) But great game by Kawhi Leonard. I didn't understand the whole Joe Ingles thing. Like, I get Joe Ingles, like, 
you know, we watched Utah in the playoffs last year. We know Joe Engels' resume. He's a solid defender. He likes to play very physical. He's a lot of clutching and grabbing. That's kind of Joe Engels' move. And they kind of just let Joe Engels get cooked in this game, right? Joe Engels had a horrible game. I mean, if the guy that you're guarding goes for 45, puts 45 on your head top, almost makes you foul out as you had five fouls, and you go 0 for 5 in the game for two points, that's not a good look. Not a good look if you're Joe Engels. I found it funny, too, that the, the Jazz waited until very late in that game to send a double team at Kawhi Leonard. But, hey, either way, they kept it close. Got to give Utah that much because that barrage from Kawhi and Pascal Siakam in the third quarter was incredible. And Utah stayed. They were right there. They were right there with the Raptors the entire way. But it wasn't that easy from the beginning for the Raptors, right? I mean... We talked about Freddie getting his, his 12th start of the season as Kyle Lowry is, is hurt, right? Discussed that. Freddie got banged up again in this game as well. And as the Kyle Lowry news, you know, settles in, these little nicks and knacks that Freddie's picking up every night, hopefully they don't add up to being something really big because then the Raps are in real trouble, right? But either way. Raptors started off the game pretty well, and it was led by Fred Van Fleet. Fred Van Fleet, I thought, did a really good job of coming out and being aggressive and leading the offense, right? Early on in the game, Raptors were on like an early 7-0 run, but I felt like Freddie came out and he, he led Danny Green in, right into a layup right underneath the basket, did the same thing for Pascal early on, and he really got the offense going. And again, we talk about the pace, right? And that's what Kyle Lowry was doing so well at the start of the year, was he was giving the Raptors such a good pace to the offense. He was getting guys easy baskets, making the things easy for his teammates. And that's really what was the success of the Raptors' offense to start the year. And, you know, more so, what led to the Raptors' failures, or not failures, but them struggling over the past few games, right? The offense didn't look as good. The offense wasn't you know, in unison, there wasn't much chemistry. Um, it was a lot of iso ball, right? Not a lot of assists, a lot of just, okay, Kawhi, do your thing, which, I mean, hey, I'm not knocking the Kawhi do your thing because he did his thing tonight and it looked pretty good, right? So I'm not knocking it. But it was just pretty interesting to see Freddie come out and, and you could tell that he was just trying to get guys involved early and try to get them easy baskets. But also, the Raptors just run some offense, Right? When you're getting guys back cutting to the to the net and things look that easy, that's your point guard. That's solid point guard play. And if this Kyle Lowry injury, I mean, he's out indefinitely, so who really knows how long that could be? That could be an extended period of time. And if that's the case, obviously the play of Fred Van Fleet is going to be so much more important, right? Other thing I want to talk about early on in this game, especially in the first quarter, was the play of the bench. Norman OG were the first guys off the bench, and Norman Powell is really having a great season, right? Norm is doing a little bit of everything, but he's so much more under control, right? I thought that Norman Powell last year, it almost seemed like Norm would decide what he was going to do before he even got the ball, right? Like, He's standing there waiting for the ball, and he knows I'm either going to shoot it or I'm going to drive, but he knew that before he even touched the ball or reacted to what the defense is doing. This year, he seems so much more under control, so much more confident in his game as well, but he's taking what the defense gives him. 
So he'll get the ball, and if the guy is coming at him too quickly, he can up fake, drive to the basket, but he's driving under control and getting nice lay-ins, or even creating for his teammates. Norm has done such a great job this season, and if Norm can be a consistent piece of the bench, maybe this is now where we'll see the bench mob kind of get back into a, the familiar look that we're seeing from, that we were used to from the bench mob last year, right? Because the bench has struggled, but I understand why the bench has struggled, because it's not the same bench as it was last year. And with the injury to Kyle Lowry, it's definitely not the same bench that we've seen last year, because, hey, there's no Fred Van Fleet leading the bench mob, right? So I understand the struggles that the, the bench has had, but it's great to see Norm come in and really do a, such a good job. And also, you know, he's taking C.J. Miles' minutes, who rightly or wrongly has become somewhat of a whipping boy for Raptors fans, right? The GoDaddy curse has always been a thing, and, you know, C.J. Miles has struggled the entire year. And so to see Norm come in, play well, and now take those C.J. Miles minutes away, it's, it's only led to good things for the Raptors, I think, right? The improved play of the bench. But Raptors shot 55% in the first quarter. They led by two after one. And it was weird because they shot 55%. The Jazz shot 34%. But yet, it was only a two-point game. Why Why was that the case? Utah was getting to the line, right? Utah was getting to the line way more than the Raptors were. They shot 11 free throws or free throw attempts in the first quarter alone, right? Also, they were getting to the glass. They started out on an 8-0 uh, lead, let's say. They had they started the game 8-0 on second chance points, did Utah. So it was an interesting game for Utah because they, they found a way to stay in and handle the barrage of the Raptors' great shooting to start. The other interesting thing I thought was was pretty cool to see, and they talked about it in the broadcast a lot, but Utah's strategy of what they did against the Raptors, because we know, again, Raptors want to set pace. They want to get out and run. And what Utah was doing, especially early on, was they weren't sending multiple guys in for offensive rebounds. If a shot went up, you would see most guys retreat. And the purpose behind that, as I mentioned during the broadcast, was to stop the Raptors' fast break. Because the Raptors have the advantage, right, where Siakam plays a four. If Siakam's there getting the rebound, he doesn't need to make an outlet pass. He's starting the fast break on his own. And sometimes he does a great job of just being a great one-man fast break. So Utah came into this game with their strategy of, we're not going to focus so much on the offensive glass. We'll have one guy in there if one of our bigs. And they got two great big guys in Gobert and Favors underneath there, right? Who did a great job. But if they don't get the rebound, it's okay. Our other four players are back and we're going to not let the Raptors get their fast break points that they're so normally used to. But here's the twist. Here's the twist, my friends. The Raptors are able to get fast break points. How? Because they play defense. So no matter what, you can't stop it. Because when you play defense and you get steals and you disrupt passing lanes, you create fast break points on your own. And that's what the Toronto Raptors did, not only with their starters, but also their bench. A great first run by the bench early on in this game, which was Moose, Norman Powell, DeLon, and then we saw them play with uh, Pascal and Danny Green for a while, right? And they got the, the, they got the pace going. They were playing defense. They were up and down. Norm had nine first-half points. I thought that was really cool, right? And in the second quarter, the Raptors as a whole started eight of 11 in the second quarter. 
it's hard for a lot of teams, especially a team like the Utah Jazz, to sustain that. They did a great job of it, but they almost like, I mean, Jay Crowder had to go crazy to keep them close in that game, right? That's not really going to happen too often. Not only did the bench do their thing, but Kawhi. Kawhi Leonard started the game, he was 5 of 8. He was red hot to start this game, but he wasn't getting calls early. And the calls that he wasn't getting in the first half, you saw Kawhi start to get upset about it. You saw Nick Nurse start to get about get upset about it. Ooh, pardon me. But you know what I mean? We saw people start to get upset. And then in the second half, Kawhi started to get those calls. And, I mean, not only did he start to get calls, but he just went to work. Raptors led by two. Oh, no, sorry. Raptors were down at the half, actually. They are down at the half. And it was Kawhi had 15 early. Norm went nine. Siakam had 10. It was a solid start. But when they came out to start the third quarter, things came back around. Freddie hit an early three. Pascal Siakam, back-to-back threes. And then it was just Kawhi. It was basically get out of the way and let Kawhi Leonard do what he does. Kawhi Leonard had his, his third quarter was just incredible. Seven for seven, 19 points in the third quarter. He couldn't be stopped. He was giving it to Joe Ingles, however do you want it, however do you need it, Joe Ingles. He got the business. <laughs> Joe Ingles, I felt bad for him, right? He was getting drives. Kawhi was hitting floaters in the lane. Kawhi was hitting threes. Kawhi was getting crazy circus and one shots. Like, I don't know. He brought out the full arsenal against Joe Ingles, and Joe Ingles really couldn't do anything. Again, 19 third quarter points as a part of Kawhi Leonard's probably his best game of the year, 45 points. Again, 45 points on 22 shots. That's incredible. That's a big boy night for Kawhi Leonard. And he definitely gets a player of the game for this game, our, our man, of the, man of the match, <laughs> let's say. 45 points for Kawhi Leonard. Is, and it's funny because uh, one of my boys sent me a text message. We have our group chat, and uh, we're talking about just how dope Kawhi has been during uh, – like this little run that he's on. And the funny part is, and I'm going to bring it up now, Kawhi had officially, according to the ESPN box score, Kawhi Leonard had uh, one assist in this game, right? And one of the things we've been talking about lately is the how Kawhi Leonard is getting his buckets, how uh, the Raptors' offense has looked without Kyle Lowry. And we're talking about Kawhi Leonard has been succeeding, but he's succeeding not really within the offense. Like, he's just that good. And if you watch the rest of the guys, they're running offense, they're setting screens, they're doing a lot of different things, but Kawhi, regardless of offense or not, he's just getting buckets. And the thing to me that more, that emphasizes that the most, Kawhi Leonard's last four games, okay? 30 points, 21 points, 27 points, 45 points, okay? He shot, attempted 20 shots, 19 shots, 22 shots, 22 shots. How many assists do you think Kawhi Leonard has over the last four games? I'll give you three seconds to guess. Kawhi Leonard has four assists over his last four games. <laughs> and I bring this up not to like rip on Kawhi Leonard because, listen, if you know me, you know I, I was a Kobe guy. So I'm here for what Kawhi is doing because I felt like it was very Kobe-like when you're seeing him just locked in and in the zone and getting buckets. And I find it, it's a telling stat to me that he has four assists in the four games because we're talking about how, how, how much the offense has been struggling. 
And when Kawhi Leonard, one of your best players who's handling the ball a lot, only has four assists in four games, that tells you that there isn't a lot of chemistry within the offense. He's just finding ways to get busy and get points because he's that good and he can do it. Long term, is that going to be successful for the Raptors? If you're talking about deep playoff runs, is that a successful way to play the game of basketball? Probably not. But the reason why I won't knock it is because Kawhi Leonard, despite the fact of not passing the ball or getting his shots just because he's that good whenever he wants to, is he still does other things, right? He does other things at a high level. He's still rebounding the ball at an elite level. We know that he plays defense at an elite level. So I'm okay with Kawhi Leonard getting buckets like that. And I know there might be some people, maybe even some of my boys, ready to call me out about, wait a second, would I be saying the same thing about DeRozan if this was DeRozan in that instance? And if DeRozan played defense, I'd be okay with it. Listen, if you get buckets and if you're able to score at that high of a clip as well as contribute in other ways... I'm not really mad at you for the low assist numbers. The only reason I bring up the low assist numbers is because as we continue to talk about how the Raptors offense looks without Kyle Lowry. Because the offense, I mean, tonight's game was, was a little different, but the Bulls game, the offense struggled. Orlando game, the offense struggled. Even the, the Heat game was pretty good, wasn't bad, but ex for this extended period of time without Kyle Lowry, the offense hasn't looked as good. And so I bring up Kawhi Leonard's assist numbers just to show the fact that, to emphasize the point, that he's able to get buckets whenever he wants, and he's doing this in spite of not really being involved in the actual Raptors offense, which might be even more incredible. <laughs> but let's not get it twisted. We are watching one of the best players in the NBA right now put in mega work. And it's not even just on offense, it's on defense as well. What Kawhi Leonard is doing, I don't know if I've seen another player wear a Raptors uniform and do what Kawhi Leonard has done for them this season. Uh, let's get to some comments, because I realize I've just been talking for a really long time. Let's get to some comments here. I'll go to Twitter first. Uh, someone says, big win, big win. Totally agree. Utah's a serious team. Utah is one of the better defensive teams in the league, and two of the Raptors' best players that they have available to them in Pascal and Kawhi Leonard just had their best games of the season, if not the best games of their careers, while shooting a very high percentage. That is very impressive. Then on the flip side, and the reason why I bring this up, because I always stress this, is we forget in this era where we glorify Steph Curry and some people try to pretend as if Steph Curry is, you know, one of the best players ever and we make weird comparisons about him against LeBron and like dumb things like that. I'm always here to remind you that basketball is played at two ends of the floor, offense and defense. And so when you're talking about what the Raptors did on the offensive end and Kawhi Leonard did on the offensive end, part of that of him and Danny Green and what they do is they shut down the other team's best players. And when I look at Donovan Mitchell, who is shown to be one of the great young scorers in the league, Donovan Mitchell had 19 points but it was on 7 of 23 shooting. He played horribly in this game. Joe Engels is a guy who also does little things to get their, their team going. Mention that. 0 for 5 from Joe Engels. 6 assists, 6 rebounds, 2 points. It's not going to cut it, right? 
Rubio, 14 points on 6 of 17 shooting. This is what I mean when I'm talking about there's levels to this shit, and I know I say that a lot, but there really is levels to this shit. And Kawhi Leonard does it on both ends of the floor. That's what makes him a really, really special player. Uh, more comments from the chat here. Uh, the Raptors played really well tonight. Uh, to my eyes, this looked like their tightest performance. I mean, oh, tightest performance without Kyle and Jonas in the lineup. Yes, I'll agree with that. This was a great game. And without Kyle and JV going forward, you're just showing, you're seeing the depth, right? You're asking for a little bit more from Pascal. You might need a little bit more scoring from Kawhi. But Serge played solid, right? Serge played solid, and I think you got some really good minutes as well from Moose. I mean, Serge, eight points, eight rebounds, three of ten. He didn't shoot well. But the key, when you're, especially when it's a tough matchup like it is tonight for Serge, where he's going against Favors and uh, Rudy Gobert, those are two like legit old school center power forward type bigs, right? Like your prototypical old school center power forward bigs. The Raptors played with Serge and Pascal. Maybe your new age four and five position, right? So that's a tough matchup. And Serge, eight rebounds, you need kind of a different stylus from Serge in this game. Maybe the scoring's not going to be there, but the rebounding was there. That was key, right? Raps also got solid minutes from Greg Monroe. And I'll say this too. I loved hearing the crowd chant Moose as soon as he got the ball. I don't know if it's a holiday season and that's why the crowd seemed a little more, there seemed to be some juice in the crowd, right? Like the crowd seemed to be a little hyped up. You heard the MVP chants. You heard the chants for Moose. I thought that was really cool, right? And Monroe, again, in a game like that when you're going against bigs like Gobert and Favors, you just need Moose to be a big body and grab rebounds, clog the lane, box out, make, make Gobert and Favors have to earn it, right? And he did a good job of that. Uh, more comments here from Twitter. Uh, let's see. Raptors win. Woo! <laughs> did I do that well? I don't know. Uh, Kawhi Thanos snapped on Joe Ingles tonight. <laughs> yes. Yes, he did. Big time game for Kawhi Leonard. The Raptors are just, I mean, when Kawhi Leonard's playing like that, I don't know who's really going to beat the Raptors, but it was a good look. Uh, let's see here. Someone asking on Instagram, Yo, Sheldon, do you think that the Raptors should try and land Bradley Beal if they could get him for Miles and DeLon? I would assume that it would take more than um, CJ Miles and DeLon, right? Uh, but if it's on the table, and especially this Kyle Lowry thing, man, as I said, I think there's more to it. And I also found it really weird that they talked about it on the broadcast, but they didn't really talk about it on the broadcast. And to me, and maybe I'm reading a little too much into this, but to me, if your starting point guard has injury history, right? If your starting point guard has missed, what, eight of the last nine games, and even the game that he did play, he kind of looked banged up. We saw the shots on him trying to stretch out his back. He probably shouldn't have played in that game, as we're learning now. But again, if your starting point guard who has missed eight of the last nine games, all of a sudden now on Friday, okay, on Friday, you visit New York to see a special surgeon 
or sorry, what they're calling a special surgery in New York. He received pain relieving and anti-inflammatory injections for his lower back soreness. And there's no timetable for his return. That to me sounds like a big deal. And I don't get why there wasn't as much talk about it. Like, I don't, I don't get it. Like, am I missing something here? Like, shouldn't we be as a, as a fan base, as a broadcast, as like Toronto, like, shouldn't we be a little more worried about this? I mean, to me, Kyle Lowry is a difference from what gives this team championship aspirations to just making another run, maybe winning a round or two in the playoffs. Like, can they get to the finals without Kyle Lowry? They can, but it'd be a lot more easier with Kyle Lowry in the lineup, right? Like, this is, is a big deal, no? What do you guys think? Let me know what you think. Can the Raptors survive a, a long, sustained run without Kyle Lowry? I think Freddie's doing all right. I think DeLon's doing all right. But when you get to the big boy games, and you're going to see that this week, right? This week, the Raptors got, like, it's a, it's a solid run of games here. As mentioned, they play against the Spurs on Thursday, and then a pretty tough back-to-back on the weekend. Saturday at the Bucks, and then Sunday back home against the Pacers. And we know the Pacers gave the Raptors, that was a hard-fought game when they played last week. Pacers have been on a solid run as they continue to climb up the standings in the Eastern Conference, and we already know about Giannis and the Bucks, right? So a solid week ahead for the Raptors, and this will be the real test for Fred Van Fleet and DeLon Wright and how can these guys really hold down the point guard position? Because this is going to be a big, solid test. Because no timetable for Lowry's return. He's out indefinitely. I just feel that this is a big, big story for this team. That their starting point guard, and especially just the way that the season's gone, right? The trade, Kyle obviously being super outspoken about the trade. His comments about Masai people anticipating he might not play well instead he does the opposite comes out playing like a man possessed to start the season then has a shooting slump everyone gets worried then comes back and leads a team to like massive wins without Kawhi in LA and in Golden State and then to now have him get hurt again and it could be long term or I'm assuming that it's long term it just seems weird to me. And the fact that there wasn't that much talk about it worries me even more. <laughs> Maybe I'm just being the conspiracy theorist here, but to me, I don't like hearing that you're getting anti you're getting pain relieving and anti-inflammatory injections in your lower back. That doesn't sound like a good look because even if he does come back, let's say he comes back next week, right? Or let's say he comes back the week after. When Once you start getting those type of injections, that injury is recurring. It's going to be coming, right? I don't know. I'm just saying, to me, it sounds like a big deal. I don't know, I don't know how long he's going to be out for, but again, I worry because even if he does come back, even if he does come back in a week, this is going to be a recurring injury. Like you're a basketball player. Right? Like the only way that something like that goes away is either like an actual, like extended rest. So, hey, one thing I will say though, one thing I will say that if there's a team that is prepared to handle a long rest of Kyle Lowry, an extended rest, let's say you sit him down for two more weeks, it's the Toronto Raptors. 
right? The other thing, too, that you can play around with is, and I know that this might be skipping too far ahead, but the All-Star break is a legit, legit, like, week off. So if you could find a way to, and I don't know if you sit them until the All-Star break, I don't know, but I don't know. I, I just feel that you're getting them the injections to relieve the pain so that he can come back and get on the court. But that's just a safe gap, right? Or, or you know what I mean? Like, it's almost like a Band-Aid. Like, he's going to play, but that back is just going to flare up again. So, I don't know. I'm worried. Not going to lie. I'm worried about Kyle Lowry's health. And we know that it's always a thing, but it's your back, man. It's going to be tough. And now the goal is to get him healthy for the playoffs. You're going to have to pace his minutes. Maybe Kawhi's done on his back-to-back programs and it becomes Kyle Lowry resting on the second night of back-to-backs. I don't know. Either way, let, let me know what you guys think. Let's see. Uh, someone says, it's not a good thing long-term. Uh, KL needs to play within the offense. Uh, yes. Oh, KL, Kawhi Leonard. Yes, I thought that was Kyle Lowry. But yes, Kawhi Leonard does need to play within the offense long-term. In the short-term, yeah, he's getting buckets. Long-term, I think the hope is that they'll figure it out by the time the playoffs roll around, right? Team chemistry will be built. A rotation will be built. You'll learn how to roll with your different players, right? So we'll see. Uh, another comment here on Instagram. Uh, this team will be next level once they gel. I'm looking forward to seeing them in March. Totally agree there. Uh, another comment here on Instagram. We do need Lowry with other teams doubling Kawhi. They're going to get lots of good catch-and-shoot looks. Totally true. Kyle Lowry's three-point shooting is desperately needed on this team, and having him there, especially as teams start to make that adjustment and send double teams at Kawhi, having another shooter can only help things, right? Uh, another comment. I hope Kawhi drops 40 on the Spurs. Can I be honest? I'm super excited for that Spurs game. Because I want to see Kawhi and DeMar go at it. I'm interested to see, because I know DeMar, you know DeMar wants to come out and score like 81 on the Raptors. Like, you know that. But Kawhi, like, for him to do that, it would have to be on Kawhi or on Danny Green. And I don't really see that happening. But I'm also interested to see how Kawhi is going to react. Because for people that might not be familiar, the Spurs crowd is pretty, like, they're pretty rowdy. They're going to be fired up. There's going to be a lot of boos. It's going to be a very hostile crowd. I'm interested to see how Kawhi Leonard's going to react to that and how he's going to play in the in that like hostile environment. I can't wait for that game. I think that's going to be a massive, massive game. Uh, let's see. More comments. DeLon was nice off the bench. I definitely think DeLon Wright played well. I've liked how DeLon's played the whole year. I think because he comes off the bench your job mostly is to bring energy and to bring tempo and pace. And I feel like most often than not, DeLon accomplishes that. Uh, let's see, scrolling for more comments. Someone says, we need more Lowry. Lowry does a lot of intangibles that don't show up on the stat sheet. Totally agree. And if we talk about how well this team does, how successful the Raptors are, because it's at the defensive end, well, Kyle Lowry's a pretty good defender. Kyle Lowry is constantly near the top of the NBA rankings in terms of charges taken, right? That's a big thing. I also just got a text from one of my friends that says, you need to chill on the Kyle Lowry's talk. 
<laughs> which I kind of think is funny because like, let's see here. Sorry, I'm going to read this text message on the air because it's actually pretty funny. I saw it pop up. It's like, I think you need to chill about the Lowry injury. And it's a headline from ESPN that says, Lowry gets injections to help back. So obviously the injections are to release the pain and to get him back on the floor. Totally cool. I understand the process of like why someone gets injections and anti-inflammatories. Like I understand that whole process. It's to help him get back on the court and play. I totally get that. My point is that once you start getting those type of injections, it's just a, it's just a stopgap. Like your back's going to flare up again and then you're going to need more anti-inflammatory injections to reduce the swelling or whatever it is in your back. Right? Like this is just going to be a recurring thing for the rest of the season and into the playoffs. That's what I'm worried about. I understand that they're trying to get him back onto the court. Totally get that. I'm more worried about the long term like how many times can you do this until the end of the year? That's what I'm worried about. But again, Raptors fans, let me know what you think. Can they survive with a long injury to Kyle Lowry? Long-term injury to Kyle Lowry. Again, it's listed that Kyle Lowry is out indefinitely. No timetable for his return. Does that worry you, Raptor fans? Let me know. Or are you guys cool with Freddie and DeLon running the show? I guess we should say Freddie, DeLon, and Pascal. They're point forward, right? But again, either way, mostly positives and negatives for a Raptors fan base as the Toronto Raptors win a yet again. I just stumbled. The Raptors win yet again, 122-116 over the Utah Jazz in a great game. Career highs for Kawhi Leonard, who had put up 45 points on 16 of 22 shooting to go along with Pascal Siakam, who also put up a career high, 28 points on 9 of 15 shooting. Great game had by Toronto Raptors. Norman Powell off the bench with 14 points. He also played really well. I thought the bench did a great job in this game as DeLon Wright had 8 points. Moose had 7 points. Great effort by the Raptors bench tonight. Great all-around effort. I think it was a really good showing for the Raptors. Also, it was one of those things where you're injured, dealing with a lot of injuries, and so your best players really have to step up. And you saw that tonight from Kawhi Leonard and Pascal Siakam. They, they handled their business for the Toronto Raptors as the Raptors win yet again. But now the focus shifts to the big boy matchup against the Spurs. What do you guys think? Are you guys hyped up for this game? Will you be rooting for DeMar? Will it be root, weird to root against DeMar as his, he's in a different jersey? Like, I want to know what the diehard, like the DeMar stands. I kind of want to know what your feelings are heading into that game, watching that game, right? That's what I'm interested in seeing. But again, either way, big win for the Toronto Raptors. Um, someone says, someone checks into the Twitter chat and says, what do you think about the Raptors go out and get Nick Young and wave CJ Miles? No, <laughs> I would rather have CJ Miles on the bench and in my locker room than have Nick Young anywhere near my organization. <laughs> That's just me, <laughs> but hey, appreciate the comment. Uh, Toronto Raptors win, Toronto Raptors win, Toronto Raptors win. Again, 122-116. 
And my name is Sheldon Alexander. Thank you for joining me on this thing we call the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps postgame show. As mentioned, this podcast brought to you by Clean Cuts Barbershop. Those of you in Toronto, go check out Clean Cuts Barbershop. See Skip. Tell them that I sent you. Shouts to Skip for sponsoring the podcast as we continue to do big things here in 2019. Again, Clean Cuts Barbershop, 2013 Danforth Avenue. Shout out to you guys for sponsoring the podcast. And, you know, we'll be back. The crew will be back. I'm sure I'll be here with the cast of characters for a big boy game on Thursday as the Toronto Raptors take on DeMar DeRozan and the San Antonio Spurs. That sounded weird to say. DeMar DeRozan and the San Antonio Spurs. Either way, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and as always, thank you for joining me. Whether you joined on Twitter, at Shell Alexander, or on Instagram, at Sheldon Alexander, it's okay. Got you covered if you can't get to this live. As always, it becomes a podcast, which you can find on Google Play, on iTunes, on SoundCloud, and on YouTube like rate us subscribe send it to your friends if you like raps and you think they like the raptors too appreciate all the love 2018 was a really good year for the on blast podcast and this wrap it up show and ball on blast which i do with andrew webster and to expand the network i'll i'll also bring in the you killed it podcast that we do with john chidley hill as well it was a great year and i want to thank you guys because None of this is possible without you guys, the fans. We're at the point now where we're getting people who want to sponsor the show, which is kind of cool and it's kind of weird because I never really thought it out that far in advance, but good problems to have. And again, I appreciate you guys for being along the ride with me as we enjoy the best Raptors game, the best Raptors game, the best Raptors season in franchise history and watch Kawhi, the best player to ever put on a Raptors uniform, do work night in and night out. So again, my name is Sheldon Alexander, and as always, I used to pray for times like this to rhyme like this. This is the Wrap It Up on Blast Raps postgame show. As always, unpolished and unapologetic. Until next time, see ya. On blast.